98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Monday, and that means it's time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch. All of today's top stories in one place. And here to bring them to you, as always, is Aaron Maloney. Aaron. So the Phoenix Suns beat the Sixers yesterday, 114-104, to for their eighth straight win. Here's Jay Crowder. I mean, the motivation has come from last year, going our way to the finals and not achieving the main goal. So that's the ultimate motivation. That's, that's all you need. Um, to, you want to get back there, you want to you have a different story. So uh, you can't skip any steps leading up to that point. So we're aware of that, and that's the motivation in the game. So uh, we take that with us night in and night out. What did you like most from yesterday's win? Just what, just what Jay Crowder just said right there, honestly, right now. I, I don't think they need any motivation whatsoever. Their motivation is, guess what? Um, we're inside of these lines right now, and you're wearing a different color scheme than I have on. <laughs> so because of that, you're going down. I, I honestly, it's the professionalism of this team that I admire so much. Yeah, you know what? Sure, they knew it was Philadelphia. Sure, they knew the 76ers were the number one seed or tied for being the number one seed in the East. There's no doubt about that. Yet at the same time, they wanted to go out there and compete, and they locked it down and shut it down in the fourth quarter, just like they have all season long, no matter who they play. What does that tell you? It really doesn't matter, because it's more about them than it is their opponent. Yeah, I like Devin Booker dropping twenty two in the first quarter. That was uh, that was that was at least that was even a little bit different. But uh, honestly, the confidence you can have if you're a Suns fan. Yeah, okay, yeah, we're down double digits to Philadelphia, and we'll come back and win. And what nine out of ten times, nineteen out of 20, 49 out of fifty times, you're going to come back and win. This team in the second half, giving up eighteen points in the fourth quarter. That's that's like seventeen different things I like the most. The Suns are now just two wins away from breaking their previous franchise win record of 62. Here's Devin Booker. That's everything, you know, especially this isn't just any any old franchise. This is a very storied, rich history-having franchise. So, you know, to go up there with with those ones, those guys that have, that have shaped and turned this into a, a basketball town, um, you know, that, that would be a, a true honor. When do you think they'll break that record? Friday. <laughs> oh, so you're just giving them two games. Yep. Okay, I honestly so- have to say the same thing. That'd be ten in a row. Why, uh. why would you give me one thing you could point to, basically, and have an expectation of doubt? The, the only one would head. would be Memphis, right? I mean, Golden State's kind of busted right now, and yeah. so that's a game I would I expect the Suns to win. Plus, you know, in the back of their minds, or maybe the front of their minds, they're gonna be like, "This team beat us twice. Yes. We owe them." Yes. So Memphis would be the one on Friday that might push it back. What I'm interested in is when they break the record because I, I believe Devin Booker. What he just said right there that means a lot. It means a lot to him. He knows the history of this franchise. Do you think they're gonna have to tell Da they broke the record because he didn't even know when they had 44 <laughs> wins or whatever? <laughs> no, they're just going to shut it down once again. It's one of the reasons why I love this team. It doesn't matter if they're playing Houston or they're playing Philadelphia. 
They're just going to treat you the same and lock it down in the fourth quarter and win the game. They've done it over and over and over again. The Arizona Cardinals will spend a portion of their preseason on the road in Nashville practicing against the Titans. Wolf, how big of a deal is this? <laughs> Come on, tell the audience. Tell no, the I absolutely think it's a big deal right now. I do, man. Oh my goodness. This team is going to be more physical. They're going to be more physical in rundown situation. First and ten. Second and one to six. They're gonna go. They're gonna go with a lot more goo. They're gonna go with a lot more twelve <laughs> personnel, one back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. And if in fact you're gonna do that, why not go practice with the one other team in the league that that's what they do is go twelve personnel, a lot of it, and run down situation, and then line up and hammer Derrick Henry, attack the line of scrimmage. I honestly feel. Like, this is going to be something that the Arizona Cardinals are going to do. And if they are going to do it, why not go and practice against the very team that does it better than anybody else in the NFL? Do you think you might be able to learn something from that? Yeah, I do. I just hope, for your sake, that they do this. This season, even if they're not going to win, it's there. It's all there. No, it is, and 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 we'll get more into this later on in the show. They they have to because it's not like they've gone out and added a bunch of pieces. They're filling out their roster now. I like the addition today, but they have to have that philosophical shift. Otherwise, why am I supposed to believe the same thing isn't going to happen this year? Yes, I'd rather have the philosophical shift than them go out and add a bigger name free agent. Exactly right. It's the reason we're not going to throw it all over the place, and we're not going to sit there and go eleven personnel. With Zach Ertz only, they will do that, Basin Onions. They will. They're going to run that. We know it. But once again, in rundown situation, which defines the kind of offense you have, why did you go out and replace a Christian Kirk? What What is going on at the receiver position right now? Maybe right? that would have been the better way for me to put it. I'd rather the philosophical shift than them pay $72 million to Christian Kirk. There you go. The Cardinals have signed former Giants guard Will Hernandez to a one-year deal. You guys just haven't had him on and discussed how he will fit right in. I think it'll be a great fit. I think it's going to start with, uh, you know, putting in the work and getting the respect out of these guys and making the connection with them, you know, because offensive line, that's just what it is. You know, you, we all work as one. Um, and so that's 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 the first thing that I want to do. And then as far as, you know, um, as far as, like, getting after it and being, being – uh, being hard and, and, and tough and working hard and, and playing for one another, I don't think we'll have a problem with that on my end. <laughs> what do you think of this move? <laughs> how much How much did you... You had already kind of signed off before you I asked him if he was a dog. I was at that point in time. He had all the right wolf answers during that interview. Uh, I like I like the, uh, the going out there and addressing a need. And that's, a, that's a starting need. That's not like, uh, okay, third guy on the depth chart, we're going to add this guy. Like They needed to address that. You can't address all of these needs in the draft, like he couldn't have gone into the draft and gone guard in the first round and edge in the second round and receiver in the third round and maybe another corner in the fourth round unless you're going to hit on every single pick and they're all going to be instant impact guys. This was an 11 win team last season. You should be trying to win this year. So I like the fact that they went out and addressed their offensive line. 
Yeah, they brought a brawler onto their offensive line right now. Once again, from what I know of Will Hernandez, and I don't want to make it sound like I sat down and this is all I do is watch reel after reel of tape, but what I know of Will Hernandez is this guy loves to brawl. He's a physical player at the point of attack. Um... He might have to work on his pass protection. He has to continue to do that. It's not a strength of his game. But for the most part, he's a road grader and a brawler. And for a right guard, that's exactly the guy I want. The Diamondbacks have locked up Ketel Marte through 2027, potentially 2028. It's a five-year extension that starts next year, worth $76 million in total, plus a team option for the 2028 season. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, what does the Ketel Marte extension mean for the D-backs? They can get into the playoffs now, he will get traded, or the rebuild starts with him. Well, I hope it's not he will get traded. I mean, a couple years ago, he was... He was the he was he was not just the guy on the D backs. He was one of like the guys to watch for as a potential MVP candidate in the National League. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna vote rebuild starts with him. I think that's a guy you can rebuild around. I think they've already started their rebuild, but I, I'm I'm gonna say that's it's either gonna be him or Zach Gallen that are the centerpieces. Ideally, both of them. So I'm gonna say that. I don't think it's good enough to get them in the playoffs this year. Yeah. I think they've got an awful lot to prove right now, but it starts, the rebuild does, in my opinion, start with Cattell Marte. No doubt about that. Especially over the last three years, you look at him, he had a down year in 2020. Guess what? So did a lot of people in 2020, that pandemic season that they played. He had a down year, but you look at 329 and 318, the last two full seasons, um or relatively full seasons, I should say. Yeah, you know what? Um, I like that, and I think Cattell Marte, he's the guy to start to build around going forward, no doubt. How about 2019? I mean, that's not that long ago, right? The 2019 season, he hit 329 with 32 home runs. Yeah. Yeah, you know that, that, that's that's two years ago, and it's been two strange years. And even last year, the power wasn't there necessarily. Fourteen home runs, although he only played ninety games, he still hit three eighteen last year. Like that's that's a really good Correct. batting average. Yes. So we'll see, but yeah, I think he's got to be the centerpiece. Ideally, you have him and you have a pitcher, which should be Zach Allen, as long as they can keep him healthy. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you again, as always, Aaron. Uh, when we come back, just how far ahead are the Phoenix Suns from the rest of the NBA this season. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of the Suns, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And listen live on the Arizona Sports app. Wolf and Luke. The Suns run to the playoffs, presented by Canvas Annuity. Seven games left for the Phoenix Suns in the regular season. Play Wednesday in Golden State, Friday in Memphis. If they win both those games, they will set the franchise record for wins. If they win one of them, they have a chance to do it Sunday in Oklahoma City. After that, they host the Lakers, visit the Clippers, visit the Jazz, wrap up the regular season April 10th at home against Sacramento. First playoff game will be the 16th or the 17th. Of uh, of April for the Sun, so just so three weeks from today, Wolf, we'll be talking about Game One of whatever their series. Is. Yes, um, I can't get past how far ahead they still are of everybody, and that was sort of 
reinforced yesterday when playing a Philadelphia team that needed that game to try to avoid playing Brooklyn or like Chicago or maybe even Milwaukee in the first round, depending on how this all breaks down. Um, the Suns were just like, yeah, we, we just want this. You need it, but we want it, so we're just going to have it. It's a thing I can't get over. We've been talking about it all season long and all morning long as well. The context of this game really does matter. You have to talk about the context of the game to really understand what the Suns did again. <laughs> they continue to do over and over again last night. One of the more physical and intense games the Suns will face this season happened, in my opinion, last night. And JaVale McGee was out with a non-COVID illness last night. Would you say JaVale McGee is really, really a physical player and one of their more physical players? Yeah, that's yes. why they brought him in. There's no doubt about it. And yet they were missing JaVale McGee, and they still won the game by time. <laughs> the Suns playing for nothing. Having locked up the number one seed in the Western Conference and the 76ers playing for everything in terms of seeding. And they beat them by 10. Coming back from 15. Locking it down in the fourth quarter where the 76ers scored 18 points. (laughs) Ron Wolfley reporting. 40 points in the second half for Philadelphia. Um, We were talking about this a little bit before the show. And I don't know when this flipped for me, Wolf. It's at some point probably in the last few weeks, probably since the All-Star break. Chris Paul goes down. We don't know when he's coming back. They go 11-4 and without him. They're now on an eight-game winning streak. He hasn't been here for all eight of the games, but they're in the middle of an eight-game winning streak. They lost Devin Booker for a little bit in there. They lost a campaign. They lost Jake. And they just keep winning. They just, just keep winning. Doesn't matter. And we're watching a team like Golden State fall apart. Again, I'll, I'll keep putting the disclaimer. Golden State is the team that worries me the most. They get healthy in the playoffs, and I think they will. They're the only team that I really think can run with the Suns in a seven-game series. But as we just look at the regular season, so setting the playoffs aside for a second, I don't remember a season like this where one team was so far ahead of everybody else. We're watching these other teams have lulls, and the Suns yeah. just don't have a lull. And it's not like the Suns have been healthy all season and everybody else hasn't. They've lost a lot of players over the course of the big players. Man important games. Man games, yeah. Yes. And they, it just doesn't matter to them. Yes, but what was the stat you threw out earlier in the broadcast where the last time uh, a team won... Uh, by this many games, won a conference by this many games. It was two thousand. Oh, no, it, it wasn't. Even, it's not conference. It's the last time a team had the best record in the NBA by oh. nine games was the Lakers did it in two thousand. That was that was Shaq and Kobe, right? Yeah, Shaq and Kobe when they uh, they had an eleven game lead over the Indiana Pacers. The Lakers that year won sixty seven games. Indiana won fifty six. Oh my goodness! So that's twenty two years ago. <laughs> the only other one I could find before that, not ever, but going back thirty years, the ninety one ninety two Bulls. They were 67, and they had 67 wins. Portland had 57, so a 10-game lead. First of all, the Suns could could still catch both those. They have a 9-game right. lead. Uh, but that's it. Since since 1990, those are the only two instances I could, I could find of a team having that much better of a record than everybody else in the NBA. So what that's does, unbelievable. This, it's completely unbelievable. So what does this make you feel like when you think about this season and the direction of this season and where the Suns are headed? What does this make you think of if the Suns don't win a championship? It, it has shifted. So my expectations coming into this season, like when last season ended, my thought was the Suns may struggle a little bit at the start of the year, but they're going back to the finals. Yep. 
Worst case, they would make it to the Western Conference Finals. Now, as I watch them win, and, and it's the way they win, and it's the way they do it every night, I fully expect them to win the whole thing. And that shifted for me by like Thanksgiving. I was like, this team's winning the title. But what has changed for me over the last few weeks is I'm going to be really disappointed if they don't. Look how far ahead they are of everybody else. Not disappointed in the sense of like, this is a fun team and they're the best team. They're so much better than everybody else. They're so much better than everybody else. And that is a thing I continue to look at. They're so much better than... Ron, they're so much better than everybody else. And that is the one thing, if you watch the Suns this season, that is the one thing that just continues to to bounce around the back of your head is the fact they are so much better than everybody else. And if, in fact, they don't win the whole thing, I'm even coming around to a point where... <sighs> Anything can happen in the playoffs. Yeah, but still, yeah. still from their perspective, I think they'll think it's a failure. Well, that, so, I think they will think oh, yeah, that. Absolutely. I'm talking about the players. Yeah, 100%. They'll 100%. think it's a failure. It's so hard for they me to say that. They think losing one game is a failure. It's so hard for me to say that, though, yeah. to acknowledge that. This great season that they put together... The way they have played this year, they get to the finals if they go back to the finals and they lose that, let's say, six or seven games somehow, some way, crazy stuff happens. They lose it. I, you get to sit here and say this was a failure? Eh. Yet I think they would say that. Yes, I they don't doubt would. that they would say that. It's going to sting no matter what if this team doesn't win the title because oh, they're likable and because they are the best team. If they lose a seven-game series to a fully healthy Golden State team in the Western Conference Finals, it's going to be hard for me to look at the season as a failure, but it's going to be a massive disappointment if it ends that way. I honestly I think a full-strength Golden State and a full-strength Brooklyn and I don't even know what that looks like, are about the only scenarios where I could see them losing in seven games where I'm like, okay, see, I get it. I, I, I know, exactly. Like, it could happen. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I, I understand that. And I, I am the last person on the face of the planet that likes to affront the athletic process. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. Listen, I was the underdog. Well, you're not guaranteeing a win. Guy. Exactly. I was the guy that everyone said, you'll never make it. All right, I I understand that. I I do not want to affront the athletic process. Yet at the same time, watching this team play and how well they play, night after night after night, the consistency in which they do it and how they play and how they win games. For me right now, if they don't win the championship, I feel like it's going to be a failure. Well, when you have the conversation of where this team ranks among the all-time great Suns teams, and this is why I said earlier in the show, I feel like they are are the best. Because they went to the finals last year, if this was out of nowhere, then it would be like, okay, maybe everything's just going right. They were in the finals last year, and they've had a ton of injuries this year, and they're still this far ahead of everybody else. I wasn't here. In 92-93, but I have to imagine even the, the most hardcore Suns fans saw that team that was maybe the other greatest team in franchise history and always knew Michael Jordan and the Bulls were in the league. What's different about this year's team is like, okay, yeah, this team could win it all. Who's better than them? Nobody's better than them. Nobody. This is not, hey, the Spurs are hanging out there with Tim Duncan. This is not Michael Jordan and the Bulls in his prime back in 93. There is nobody better than the Phoenix Suns in 2022. 
Even it, it's not like, well, the Suns have a better record, but this team has this guy. No, <laughs> right. no the Suns are the best team. No. Yeah. They should win. I know, and you, and you know how hard that is for me to say. It's oh my just weird gosh, in I hate it. I hate it with a passion, yet, again, I honestly believe right now that the guys inside the locker room, and this is this is the only comfort that I'll take from my opinion on it being a failure, is the fact that I think they believe that. I don't know that for sure. They're certainly not going to talk about it. I'll tell you that. You're not going to talk about that. Hey, listen, if you don't win the whole thing, will this season be a failure? Hey, we'll worry about that when we get to that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how you speak median on that topic right there. <laughs> hey, we'll, you're speaking hypothetical. We're just taking one game at a time. We'll focus on the next game. That's what we'll focus on. We're not going to focus on, well, if you don't win the whole thing, how are you going to? We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. This is Median speaking once again. Um, but I think deep down inside, they will tell you that. It's a failure if they don't win the whole thing. And that's the only aid, comfort, and shelter I'll take from having the same opinion. There is a simple solution just win the whole thing which they sure look like that team through 75 games at least text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now coming up what's next for the Cardinals this offseason we're going to talk to their sideline reporter Paul Calvisi next it's the Wolf and Luke show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station Wolf and Luke Middays 98.7 FM Arizona's Sports Station It's 12.30 on Monday. What better time, Wolf, than to dial up our old pal, Paul Calvisi. <laughs> this is some mosh pit music right here. Paulie knows a mosh pit. He's been around it. He's seen a mosh pit many a time. Pulled down goes Wolfley. <laughs> I remember it vividly. Wolf won't admit it. He got jacked from behind at a Pantera concert. Went down to a knee. He didn't go down fully. I'll give him credit because he, he got absolutely ear-holed from the side. Never saw it coming. Went down to a knee. Came up smooth. Swinging, and I will say that he left awake. I mean, there was a good 20 feet of separation from any of those young punk pencil necks Paulie, and Ron Wolfley. Wolfley, you got to stop going to hang. Wolf. Wolfley, well done. Just well done. out of hand, Raddy's ball. I mean, Luke, I, I feel for you. You know, Wolf, as we know, historically mails in Fridays. And then on Mondays, he has poor energy. So really, you're co-hosting with a guy in a three-day work week. So, so all the best to you, Luke. As uh, you know, as we try and, and do something around here to move the meter. Well, it is a it's a mail it in Monday, Polly. So that's that's how <laughs> we're framing go. these. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's start. I'm going to let Wolf ask you the. I know a question he wants to ask you, so I'm going to ask yeah. you about Will Hernandez and and the addition. We just got to talk to Will last hour. He seems fired up, ready to go. I like the fact that he already knows a few guys on the offensive line. But this was a need, Polly. This was a starting need, and they went out and filled it today. You know, you guys talked to him. I spent about 20 minutes with him uh, in studio. We were recorded a segment and uh you know i'm not sure i totally agree with it was a need there are needs and wants i think maybe they could have got by perhaps but i will say this i will say that right guard was a liability last year 
Josh Jones, as we found out the hard way, is not a guard, in my opinion. And I think we saw it. I think the quarterback, Kyler Murray, got frustrated at times with right guard and and perhaps lost his confidence in that position at times. So, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of uh, conflict what I just said about whether it was a need. But at this point, the second wave in free agency, a guy in a one-year contract, you know, there's bought and there's well-bought. Right, this was well bought. You get a one-year contract and a guy. Not sure of the figures. Don't know if it's been reported yet. I'm guessing it didn't break the bank. He admitted to the media, "You know what? I'm going to come in. I'm going to take what I can get, and I'm going to prove that I deserve a long-term deal." So, that's the mindset you want from that position. And it's interesting. He sat down, and I tried to figure out a way to ask him the question. Because what did the Giants fans say about Will Hernandez? That his pro football focus grades have declined every single year in the mm-hmm. league. How do I ask this guy who's looking right at me and is within, <laughs> and he, he's, I, he just met Paulie Pencilneck and he's within arm's reach. He could smack me like Will Smith knocked out Chris Rock last night, right? He could just smack me. So I said, you know, is the fact that your best pro football focus grade was as a rookie, is that because you were coming off four years with Sean Kugler? And he smiled and nodded his head. And, guys, I think there is a direct correlation that he played his best football coming off those four years with Sean Kugler. And he spoke about that, the technique, the attitude, you know, the nastiness with which he played. And I think that's what the Cardinals are banking on, getting those guys reunited. He was also thinking to himself, this dude's got the biggest forehead I've ever seen. Um, having said that, Polly, uh what do you think? I'll take oh. that because I deserve it yeah, at this you point. Did. You ripped me <laughs> at right this off point. the top, of course. Yeah. Polly, um, big, big news. Now, I don't, is it official? Can you confirm this? Polly, can you confirm? You're walking around the facility okay. building. Can okay. you confirm, Polly, that the Tennessee Titans and the Arizona Cardinals are actually going to practice together in training camp? Is Mike Vrabel not enough of a source, Ron Wolfley? Are you doubting well, Mike? Well, I just, you know, he, I mean, he told the media at the owners, by the way, speaking of getting smart, Smacked. Uh, are there not 30 owners who walked into the owners' meetings today and wanted to smack two owners like Will Smith hit Chris Rock, right? I mean, does, doesn't everybody want to take a swing at the Haslam's for a $230 million guaranteed contract and then oh, all the assets they gave up? And then I'm thinking Shad Khan for, for redefining the wide receiver market with Christian Kirk money, right? I, I'm thinking those are two guys who walk into the owners' meetings today, Luke, and uh, you know they, they got to keep their head on a swivel. Right, Put no, it that probably, way. You know what, honestly, this is... This is what you do on the sideline. You make distractions and you create distractions, Polly. And Tennessee, then, you know, Nashville. Yes. We're expecting it. Well, I, yes, I'd say you can bank on it. You can get your sunscreen whoa, ready. Whoa. You know, the fact you're going to sweat through your camo shorts, it's going to happen. Okay. You know, you're going to be getting barbecue two, three times a day. Polly, that's going to be great. That's man. why you want it to happen. That is going to be great there. But, Paul, this is, isn't it interesting to you? Look at the two. Teams the Tennessee Titans are going to practice against. You got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then you got the Arizona Cardinals. Two teams that once again are on different ends of the spectrum in terms of their physicality and the way they play offense. They're the team that blends those two things, the old and the new. The Titans do it, Paulie, better than anyone else in the National Football League. Isn't it interesting that they're practicing against those two teams? And it isn't, isn't it interesting, Paul, the Cardinals are practice, practicing against the Titans because they use a lot of 12 personnel, two tight ends, Paul. 
Or maybe it's just the fact that Cliff Kingsbury and Mike Vrabel were former teammates with New England. And or maybe they're on the preseason schedule for each other, so why not just hang out for a few days before or after the game? Not but I'm feeling or, I'd say and. Yeah. And, and, and so I'm with you on all that. And, and you, know, you could say, okay, what is the real benefit? To the Cardinals, uh, yes, schematically and so forth, I get it. You know, the Cardinals were the one that came out in week one and absolutely jack-stomped the Titans in their own building. So, you know, why do they need some stinking joint practice? But... It does tell you a lot about your own players because guys get sick and tired of going against your own teammates, and half the time they're not going full out 100%. So when you're doing a joint practice with another team, which the Cardinals have not done a lot of historically, but on the few occasions they have, it does bring out the best in your guys because no one wants to get embarrassed going against an opponent who you figure is going to be going 100%. So it gives you a good read on your roster and how to make that final cut, if nothing else. Talking to Paul Calvisi, uh, Polly. First of all, um, you have no idea. Maybe you do. How excited Wolf has been all morning, just because of the possibility that they will be practicing against Mike Rabel and the Tennessee Titans. Well, you know, the last time we went out there was Ken Wisenhunt. Uh, they practiced at Vanderbilt. Very nice Vanderbilt. <laughs> and and that was. I mean, there was that was a great trip in a lot of different ways. But it was most well known for that was a trip where Matt Leinart lost his starting gig. And if you remember, then Matt Leinart aired out the head coach, Ken Wisenhunt, with the media. Ooh, fancy. Now, it wasn't the Greenbrier, no, but but it, w- it was Vanderbilt. You know, it wasn't quite the Wolf standards and the Greenbrier. The Greenbrier, bro. Where, where Wolf was, uh, you know, he tried to protest the fact he had to wear a uh, sports coat to the happy hour, the <laughs> gathering, the afternoon wine and cheese. Uh <laughs> But, but yeah, the, the worst. The, the, the whole, Arizona sports polo. Your Dockers, Paul. <laughs> Wolf, thou shalt not wear the camo shorts into the Greenbrier five star white cloth dining room. Paul almost got tossed from the Greenbrier. Just so you know. All right. Just because you Why? played at West Virginia doesn't mean you can walk in, okay, and and think you own the place. I mean, Paul was trying to sit in the trees around the Greenbrier, like he was from Cal Berkeley or something. Uh, do you think what what when they go out to take on the Titans in this joint practice? By the way, uh, you know, I mean, think you just wonder you wonder how how they it still stings from what the Cardinals did in Week One against Mike Vrabel. So I understand why Mike Vrabel scheduled the Cardinals to come out because he doesn't want to repeat a last year. Yeah, you know what, Polly? Honestly, you go ahead, you practice against these guys and and sit there and watch tape against these guys. Man, it's going to help the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals figure out their offense. I I totally believe this as to what it is they're going to do because of all the two tight end sets. Well, and at this point, at this point, considering they don't have a wide receiver two and arguably wide receiver three, and if you're going to go after that in the draft, can you really rely on that guy? Because going into last year's draft, the lowest hit rate of any position group in the first round over the last decade had been the wide receiver position. It does make you wonder which direction, what sort of identity the Cardinals offense is going to have this year. All right, Paulie, you totally redeemed yourself with that last nugget right there about the wide receiver position. I mean, you know, Wolf, enough you know, of all the tweeting from your burner accounts on this topic. You know, I mean, just come clean on the air and just just, just admit full out. I mean, you're, you're cheerleading for this direction for okay. the Cardinals offense at this point. Oh, I think he's admitted that on the air, yeah. Paulie, whether I mean, it was intentional or not. Know, well, and isn't Will Hernandez a guy who specializes 
specializes in the pound game, as the as the offensive line likes to call it, right? Coming off the ball and yes. taking it to a guy straight ahead in the old proverbial phone booth. I mean, Will Hernandez, that's a tell in a way as to the sort of guard they signed. Polly, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> you are the best. I, I'm not still not sure why I agree to this. I really not, especially since it's taking up valuable time from my lunch hour. But you know, I'll try and I'll try and assess that a little bit later. All right, Paulie. thanks, Paul. Yeah, all right, guys. Say talk hello to you. everybody yeah. over there, okay, Paul? Paul Calvisi. Well, you guys can't even be nice to each I, other without just laughing. Seriously, man, one of my best friends ever, and yet I love ripping him more so you don't than say. anybody else. Uh, last shot to participate in the madness. Text Bucks to six twenty six twenty and choose from the last four teams for your chance to win five hundred dollars. That's Bucks to six twenty six twenty. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Coming up, what were our three biggest takeaways from the Suns' win over the 76ers yesterday? Suns' three-pointer is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Here, Wolf. Suns finally getting recognized. It's not the MVP. Devin Booker, Western Conference Player of the Week. Boy, how about that? Maybe Devin Booker is going to go out and score a mere 21. Yeah. Maybe the next game maybe. because he's not going to be as motivated. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be so fired up that he got that that he'll be complacent and only put up 21 against Golden State on Wednesday. He meant 21 in the first quarter, right? Instead of yeah, 22 in the first right. quarter. That's not going to happen. No. That's the best thing about it. Isn't that right, people? Um, all right. It's time for Sun's three-pointer right here. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Here we go. I will go first. start with the 22 point first quarter that's not something you can just do on command although maybe it is I mean the Suns team looks like they can do quite a few things on command uh they are getting better as this season goes on which you know if you told me that going into the all-star break when when Chris Paul got hurt that they were going to keep getting better that's about all you could ask for Devin Booker yesterday though stepping out with 22 in the first quarter that's still pretty impressive Okay, my first point of Suns three-pointer has got to be the Suns won this game in the fourth quarter like they always seem to do. They allowed 18 points in the quarter. I mean, the 76ers are one of the best offensive teams in the league, and they only scored 18 points when the game was on the line. The Suns won the game in the fourth quarter like they always seem to do. Do you know the Suns right now are 45 and 0? 45 and 0 when leading after three quarters. That was my next point. Oh my goodness. That's my first point of Suns three pointer. Fade back 14 footer is two points. Dynamite. All right, my second point is James Harden. Has a real hard time going up against Mikel Bridges. He's not the only one. And it's not like the entire game is spent matched up against Mikel Bridges. But here's the stat that James Harden has had this season against the Suns. Wolf. 12 of 45 shooting for 27%. James Harden 
is one of the best players in the NBA. I know he hasn't won anything in the playoffs. I know there are times where his style of basketball gets boring. I know his act got boring when he was trying to get out of Houston in the uh, in last season, start last season, and then get out of Brooklyn this season. But it doesn't change the fact he's one of the best players in the league, and he shoots about 45% career. He's shot 27% in three games against the Suns this year. And considering who's on him most of the time, that's not a coincidence. Okay, my second point of Suns three-pointer has got to be Devin Booker was a bull mastiff yesterday, was he not, my friends? Spark at the moon indeed, Ozzy, this pack of dogs. D-Book scored 22 points. Is it 22 points or 21 in the first quarter? It was 21 points in the first quarter, correct, Luke? I thought it was 22. I'll go back and look. Okay, 21. Okay, maybe it's 22. He played 35 minutes and scored 35 points. This guy is the tip of the spear for the Phoenix Suns. He's the best player, and he does it on both ends of the floor. But he also does it off the floor. His intensity, his person, his goodness sets the tone for everyone else in that locker room. Kevin Booker, the bull mastiff of this pack of dogs. And that's my second point of Suns three-pointer. Three-pointer, Shazam! That's to show it off right there. Right. Yeah, my third one, and this is, I, maybe I shouldn't be so enamored with this because it's not like it's the first time it happened, but once again, the Suns play a team that needed the game. Philadelphia needed that game. They... Tell me Philadelphia doesn't want home court all the way through the Eastern Conference playoffs if they can get it. Tell me they don't want to avoid Brooklyn in the first round of the of the playoffs. If they can, at least, avoid Brooklyn in the first round. You have as good of a record as Philadelphia has this season. You don't want to play Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the first round of the playoffs. They needed that game, and the Suns were just like, yeah, but we kind of want it, so we're just going to take it. <laughs> That's my third point of Suns three-pointer right there. The Suns wanted to win this game. Why? What are you doing? You've already wrapped up the number one seed in the Western Conference. What is it that is driving you? They wanted to win this game, Basinonians. It's one of the reasons why I think Devin Booker came out and went off in that first quarter. And then they played Chris Paul 36 minutes in the game. Enough said. But I will continue. The Suns went ahead, and even when they got up by 11, 101 to 90, they took Chris Paul out of the game. And all of a sudden, a minute later, (laughs) yeah, Philadelphia was back in the game. It was a three-point game, and here comes Chris Paul. They sent him back. They wanted to win this game. Why? Only they may know. But deep down inside, I think it's got something to do with the fact they wanted to beat one of the best teams in the association and wanted to prove they were better than they were. Forget about everything else. This team is fanatical when it comes to trying to compete. And I think that's what they wanted to do last night. And that's my third point of Suns 3 point. See the shots that I took, wet like on bull. I appreciate how every time you sing along with it. I love every that, time. Man. Um I know you're a big Rolling Stones fan. What's that uh when we you I assume you spend most of your time away from here on TikTok listening to Rolling Stones, right? Never. That's what I've gathered. Okay. No. What's the song you can't always get what you want? You can't always get what you want. But the next line is unless you're the Phoenix Suns. Uh, 
It seems that way, doesn't yeah. it, man? I mean, honestly, I, I just the domination night in and night out when we watch the Phoenix Suns playing. Tell me, like, when 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 they're not playing, tell me how you feel. You feel like. <laughs> Lost down exactly directionless control with the thumbs down. Yeah, it's just you do. You feel like what's the point? Impatient. I'm waiting. What are we doing? When the Suns don't play, it's like okay. Well, what are we going to do tonight? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's do you want to watch? The yeah, chase? right. I mean, exactly. What, what game shows on tonight? I mean, <laughs> what, when they're not that, playing, what's that one I, reality series you were watching? <laughs> Was it once again the Korean thing or? Oh. But if Squid Game is not reality. Game. reality. Oh yeah, right. Okay, Squid Game. It's a uh, Korean drama on Netflix. I, I mean, say. just really Korean drama. First of all, that was like a year ago. Um, no, it wasn't. It was less than a year. It was like six months ago. It was a while ago. <laughs> well, that's not a year. No, it's not. Luke. And clearly, Wolf hasn't watched it yet because he still thinks it's reality. It's, um, <laughs> the one thing you can't use to describe that show. Okay. What's that reality show you watch? <laughs> the Bachelor? No, Squid Game. Squid oh, Games. Okay. okay, great. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. There's not really much. <laughs> if the Suns aren't playing, it's like, yeah, I guess there's other sports on, but it's all just like the undercard. Everything is just the undercard, and the Suns are the main event, and it's going to be that way until mid-June. Right? I mean, that's basically how I'm going to be viewing this, even if they're not still playing in mid-June. Perish the thought. Yeah. that's uh, Perish. Just, just keep doing what you're doing, the and I think, I think you'll be fine. Uh, we come back. How promising is it that the Cardinals are going to have joint practices with the Titans during the preseason this year? Wolf thinks it's pretty promising, and he's going to explain next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.